Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Week 10 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew. That's right. They're back, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, uh, which I wouldn't recommend if you're watching the Bears play offense. Don't, don't do anything on a full stomach when the Bears are playing. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Is there a Blue Chew for offenses? Because that's... I know we scored 20 points on Sunday, but... Uh, Still feels kind of limp out there. We could probably use Blue Chew for that. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code armchair to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And here we are. A weather disaster kept me from recording the show last night. Uh, That and a uh, hell of a Monday night football game. Uh, That was pretty awesome. The Seahawks and the Niners, that was a pretty great game. And um, I fell asleep watching the game woke up just in time to catch all the fireworks in the last few minutes and in overtime and after that internet still wasn't working so i still i just went to bed so here we are recording it's tuesday night usually i've turned the page and i'm looking forward to our next opponent uh which would be in this case the la rams but uh we're still stuck on this game and and i know it we won so i should be happy but I'm actually kind of annoyed. So let's just go ahead and get this over with. I've put this off as long as humanly possible. It's the Week 10 Review episode of the Bearstalk Underground, so let's get to it. So the losing streak was finally snapped. Our beloved get a W and for the first time in September improved their record instead of diminish it what's going on everybody larry d back the week 10 review episode of the bears talk underground and uh you know the lions came to town and uh per usual uh more times than not the bears won uh the matchup um we we it 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 should and you'll hear me say this in the knee-jerk reactions you'll hear me say it over and over actually in the knee-jerk reactions that we're facing the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL, a.k.a. the second-worst defense in the NFL, and they did not play like it because they were playing against us uh, on Sunday. And it was extremely frustrating to watch, especially since uh, 
the low-hanging fruit of the Lions having to get things going on offense without Matt Stafford uh, had become a reality. It was somewhat of a a rumor that was kind of floating around. That start you started to kind of hear it like on Friday and and then Saturday. They, they, it was still kind of uh, you know rumors and rumblings and and things like that. And then all of a sudden Sunday, Matt Stafford inactive. Jeff Driscoll, whoever the hell that is, is starting a quarterback for the Lions on Sunday, and it's just like okay. Well, we just won this game because we're going up against the worst defense in football. So, of course, our offense should be able to take grant uh, take uh, advantage of that. And the guy that runs, you know, the steam that drives the engine for the Lions offense has just been rendered inactive for the football game. So we're going to have some backup who's probably taking limited snaps uh, this week going up against one of the more solid defensive units in football. And in our defense's defense... He did not. He played well. I'll give that guy credit. Uh, he did play well, but he didn't run roughshod on on the defense or or anything like that. It wasn't a Brock Osweiler situation where the guy threw for three eighty and three touchdowns and and all, and all the rest of that uh, stuff. Uh, the the defense bottled up the offense and and everything like that. So, but <laughs> it's it's just we couldn't take advantage of the fact that they were shorthanded and really take this game over and 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 make it a a Tampa Bay type victory or even god forbid the week 10 victory we had over Detroit last year we were up like 26 to nothing at halftime uh, or something that's what this game should have looked like going into it and instead you know you hear me on the knee jerk reactions first quarter was terrible second quarter eh third quarter okay all right we got something little going here and then fourth quarter Hanging on by the hairs of our chinny chin chin for a victory against the, you know, against the team that basically was was done going into the fourth quarter. But we found a way uh, to give them life, and I'll give plenty of my thoughts on how that all went. But uh, despite my tone and despite my anger, we won the friggin' game on Sunday. So there's that. Uh, we go into another very winnable game this Sunday uh, with the Rams. I'm actually looking forward to it to see how this team can step up. Can we build on the momentum of our first win in a long time? The relief of getting that monkey off our back, losing four, four games straight, having not won since September, and all that's all done. Club Dub was reopened on Sunday, and some idiots had thoughts about that, but they're idiots, so we won't talk about it. And, uh, you know, it, it just will they be able to build off of that? Or will the stage be too much and will crumble under the uh, pressure uh, of it? I mean, last year we seemed to really answer the call and step it up when it came to those national TV games uh, last year. Will that be the case this Sunday? Uh, we'll find out um, as we get closer to it. Um, we move on to the Rams after this, and so I'm kind of pushing my way through, and I apologize, guys. Um, for some weird reason, I didn't want to do this show to begin with. I just, <laughs> I'm tired of complaining. I really am. And we won the game on Sunday, so I, I should have less to complain about, but I, I don't really feel like I do. So anyway, let's go ahead and dump in, jump into the uh, uh, knee-jerk reactions. Like I said, after one quarter, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell that was the defense that we were facing. Uh, because the the evidence on the field was of the contrary. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction: first quarter, Bears, Lions, and uh, <laughs> to see our offense out there, you wouldn't uh, 
you wouldn't think that we were facing the 31st ranked defense in football, a.k.a. the second worst defense uh, in football. We went a glorious three and out on our first offensive drive. And here we are in the midst of our second drive and uh, a team that can't get any pass rush just sacked Mitch Trubisky on second down. So it's been going great for the offense. The defense has been doing the VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ben, but don't break thing. And somehow unaffected by the fact that Matt Stafford was a late scratch uh, in this game, hip and back injuries that um, that were being, I guess, uh, kind of uh, underscored for uh, Stafford up to this point. Doctors won't allow him to play, and he's out today. Uh, but Driscoll, the backup quarterback, whose name I just learned this morning, went five for six and led the Lions on a field goal drive to start the game and moved the ball pretty decently before having to punt on this last uh, drive. So even in a game where Mitch Trubisky is the better quarterback, he's not playing better than the other quarterback. So it, it's been wonderful uh, to watch. Uh, we're a quarter into this thing. We're only down uh, three to nothing, but... The one thing that we thought, you know, the one team we thought we might have an advantage against, a.k.a. the Lions, one of the worst defenses that can't stop anybody from doing anything, is off to a terrible start. So here we go, getting ready to start the second quarter. We'll see if the Bears can figure it out from here. Like I said, we're playing the 31st ranked defense or the second worst defense in football, and you wouldn't know it by the way that we were playing on offense, a three and outs on our first drive, and... Uh, uh, you know, we Jeremy Reisman, our good friend from Pride of Detroit, said over and over again uh, last week this was a defense that couldn't just couldn't get home. They couldn't get home. Well, they sacked Mitch five times on Sunday. They got home plenty, and you know it, it was difficult uh, to watch. And it looks like we finally figured it out, starting in the second quarter, fading into the into the third. But you know, just something about this team doesn't seem to have that killer. That killer instinct on offense or defense, uh, quite frankly. It's been a long time since the defense really shut it down and, and really just took the win uh, away. I'd say the Minnesota game was probably the last time I remember it. Uh, I, I do know that that's how we killed the momentum in the Washington game when they really seemed to be going on that late surge. And then Case Keenum tried to get cute and reach the ball over the top and it got slapped out of his hands and the Bears uh, recovered it. That's, you know... But it's been that long since we've seen the defense put their foot down and, and put an exclamation point 
uh, on the game. We didn't do this, and we'll get into that as we get further along into these knee-jerk reactions uh, and such. But it, it took us until the two-minute warning of the second quarter to finally figure it out and get something going on offense and put some points on the freaking board. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Lions after the second quarter. And the result was better, but the play wasn't. Um, you know, the offense is still looking inept and clueless against the second-worst defense in football, but managed to put together a 10-play, 80-yard drive at the end of the half here to put ourselves on the board finally. A Ben Broniker grab from 18 yards out is our one and only touchdown. I just made the comment on Twitter that um, maybe the Bears should make everyone on offense wear number 12 because Allen Robinson is the only one that gets a catchable ball. Uh, Trubisky has gotten Anthony Miller killed today. He uh, keeps throwing it over. Uh, he keeps throwing it too high when throwing to Taylor Gabriel. I know Taylor Gabriel is a short receiver, but every single throw to Gabriel is over his head. He has to reach up and get it. Now, granted, Gabriel dropped the third down pass uh, earlier in the football game. There's no excuse for that. It was actually a perfect throw. But nonetheless, more times than not, when Trubisky is throwing it to Anthony Miller or uh, anyone that isn't Allen Robinson, it's a contested throw even if they're wide open. And then the very next play, uh, Mitch throws a dime to uh, Ben Broniker. And I said, in my own self-defense, Broniker is 82, so there's a two in there. So maybe he got confused and thought he was throwing it to Robinson, and that's why the throw was perfect. So, But, uh, you know, the the Lions are moving the chains. Driscoll, their backup quarterback, is, is playing well, probably way better than anyone expected him to against this defense. Uh, it's 7-6 to six right now, so we've been doing the bend but don't break, and we've only given up field goals uh, thus far. But considering what we were up against coming into the game, this thing is way closer than it should be. You know, second-worst defense in the NFL, can't stop anybody in the run, can't stop anybody in the pass, can't get off the field on third down, and they've been doing all of that. Until this final touchdown drive, they had done that, Literally every time the Bears got on the field. The Bears were like one for five or something like that on third down. Montgomery is a complete non-factor. We're running zero I-formation runs and stuff like that. So anytime we do try to run the football, it goes nowhere. Because Nagy obviously thinks that switching Cody Whitehair and James Daniels uh, back to their original positions from 2018 is going to cure what's bothering the offensive line, and we can go back to the you know, single-back formation running game that we had moderate success with last year. Not the case. Get J.P. Holtz back there, get the, get the boys running downhill, and then we'll see, some, uh, we'll see some friction in the running game. Right now, you know, we're making Detroit look like the second-best defense in the NFL, not the second-worst. But we start with the football uh, to kick off the second half, and... Uh, I think it would go a long way for us to uh, put some points on the board on this opening drive, maybe pick up where we left off after the uh, touchdown drive. So we'll see how it goes. The Bears are ahead, but again, this thing is way closer than it should be right now. And I was only mildly joking when I said that the Bears should have everyone wear 12 
uh, on offense because then maybe Mitch would be able to focus in and put the ball where it needs to be. I mean, he's even hung up a few there for for Robinson and 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 whatnot. But uh, more times than not, he put it he'll put it right where Robinson needs it, and uh, it's 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 frustrating to to watch. You see, Gabriel is is wide open or he has the you know he has the sideline like if he catches the ball he turns it up he probably gets the first down uh because for some reason for some reason Nagy really likes to have our receivers run routes before the chains catch the ball before the down marker and then run for a first down rather than getting our receivers past the first down marker and you know and things like that for I mean I heard Nagy himself say it in the press conference on Sunday, not in those words, but he said, yeah, we want him to catch the ball, then run for the first down. I was like, how about you get him past the goddamn sticks first, then worry about the first down, you know, doing that, that whole like John Shoop offense of the, the mid nineties where everything is a one or two yard pass. And then it's up to the receivers after that. I don't think it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. We watch it because our quarterback is rifling the football all over the goddamn place. And it's happened so many times that we've seen him throw one up above Taylor Gabriel's head and have him have to go up there. And then it killed the momentum of what would have been his, you know, his ability to turn up the corner and get that first down that Nagy thinks that he should because he ran a four yard route on third and eight for some reason. And um, you know, you see him watch and do it all the time. And then he throws that perfect dime uh, to Broniker. Beautiful throw. Absolutely beautiful throw. Great catch uh, from Broniker uh, as well. You know, but it's just frustrating to watch him do that uh, over and over again. Here's Taylor Gabriel. He's wide open. Throw the football. But instead of hitting him between the numbers or, you know, or putting it in his catch radius and Gabriel's got to leave his feet to go and get it. So by the time he comes down, his momentum is stopped. He's he is stopped, and now he's got to start from scratch. Uh, basically, he do it over and over and over again. So uh, anyway, end of the half on a good note. We got that touchdown. We're up seven to six. So we feel as good about that as we did about taking the lead at the last second against. Uh, I was going to say San Diego against L.A. The Chargers a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they didn't get booed off the field, though I do think I remember hearing boos after going out immediately three and out uh, on our first offensive drive after Detroit started with the football, rumbled it all the way down the field, and then put points on the board with a field goal. So, yeah, I do remember there were some boo birds out early just because why not? You know, they're playing like hell. Why not give them some hell? But uh, you know, as we move into the second half and start the third quarter, we got the football. Uh, you know, it was about trying to maintain and build on the momentum that we started at the end of the second half with that scoring drive. And I'll be damned if we didn't actually do it. Knee jerk reaction third quarter Bears and Lions in a much better uh, quarter from the Bears. We were able to actually build on the momentum on offense at the end of the first half and parlay that into two more scores one on the opening drive of the second half a uh, a great catch from uh i'll give mitch credit good throw good catch from uh robinson to trubisky or trubisky to robinson for about 30 plus yards and then thanks to a uh pass interference penalty the bears got down close uh once again and um 
you know, uh, I don't know, maybe Mitch saw my tweet at halftime and decided to start throwing the ball a bit better because he hit a wide-open Taylor Gabriel. I mean, and he was open, and he put it right on the money for the second touchdown. And then Nick Kwiatkowski, who was in for the injured uh, Danny Trevathan, intercepts it on, on the next drive. A few plays later, Trubisky hits Cohen coming out of the backfield for a touchdown. Uh, we're up 20-6. to six. Pinero missed his first extra point uh, of the season. So uh, defensively, it's more of the same as far as we're bending but not breaking. We haven't given up any points since the Lions went up 6 nothing. So 20 unanswered from the Bears uh, in that respect. Uh, we're going into the fourth quarter. We have the momentum. And uh, the Lions just punted to end the third quarter. So the Bears will start the fourth quarter with the football. I really would like to see us start to run the football, not in the not in the mode of playing not to lose, but more so in just to get the damn running game going. I mean, I know it's the fourth quarter and we're up by two scores and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it would go a long way, especially with the Rams coming up next week. Uh, that's an offense we're definitely going to want to keep the ball away from. And, you know, the running game is going to be a big part of that. So we need to get that, get that going. So... I really would like to see that and maybe some more of the I formation that we've only seen a couple of times today. And I actually don't think we've run out of it yet. I think we can play action both times. But, um, yeah, we got all the momentum and we got a 14-point lead. So let's see if we can hang on to it. I got those touchdown drives uh, mixed up. I think I think Gabriel was second and Tariq Cohen was for It doesn't matter. I got them mixed up, however I put it. But, um, you know, nonetheless – that that was that was good football that we were playing there. We're moving the football. Jail, uh, good good God, where the hell is my head at? Uh, Mitch was throwing the football much better. He you know hit another dime on on Gabriel that one touchdown. Uh, hit him in stride and everything. It was a beautiful thing to see. I mean, good God, that was gorgeous. And uh, you know throwing the making giving the Tariq the the opportunity to make a play and, and turn the corner and do what Tariq loves to do. Uh, the get got those horizontal yards and then actually made it upfield to get himself uh, into the end zone. The defense forcing turnovers. Kwiatkowski with the interception. He played like a stud uh, in relief of uh, Danny Trevathan. Horrible, horrible injury for Danny Trevathan. I think we may have seen the last of him uh, for 2019. It was uh, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, your arm is not supposed to bend that way. And uh, maybe we'll find out more tomorrow on Wednesday when the Bears get back to work in preparation uh, for the Rams uh, on Sunday Night Football. But uh, I, prognosis is not good. I, I would not say. I mean, I'm, I'm no doctor. I mean, I wanted to be an athletic trainer when I was in high school. Um, but, uh, yeah, that one looks a little bit uh, too gruesome. You know, I think that's – yeah, it reminded me of Zach Miller's knee. Like, that's how badly it bent up. That's just not good. So, anyway, Kwiatkowski, for the second time in two opportunities, has balled out. And, uh, you know, leaving me feeling just – I mean, I, I hate to see Danny Trevathan go. The guy's a wonderful leader for the defense, and, and, and he's been an outstanding player uh, for us. But Kwiatkowski's in there, so I think we're going to be okay. And um, we'll see how it is now that people have to game plan for him. They have two games worth of footage on him. He's a hell of a blitzer, you know. That guy really seems to be able to get home. Like he missed on a sack and then got another one. Uh, later on, Kwiatkowski was everywhere, man. He had nine tackles. He had interception. He had a sack. You know, the guy was everywhere on Sunday. It was amazing. I'm 
very happy for the guy. His his uh, future bank account because this is his contract here uh, is getting fatter, and I hope that um, if it comes down to the Bears making a decision that uh, we end up keeping uh, Kwiatkowski, I would really like to see that. Uh, really like to see that happen. I know he can be a liability in coverage uh, sometimes, but the guy makes up for it literally everywhere else. So I, I really would l- like to see him uh, come back to the Bears. I mean. I'd hate to see Trevathan go because I think that's who the casualty would be. But, um, you know, Kudkowski is younger, higher ceiling, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, anyway, I would love to see Trevathan come back, though. If he can, bring him back, especially if he doesn't want to pay raise because we got salary cap problems now. But, uh, anyway, it was a good third quarter uh, for the Bears. We go in 14-point lead. The, the offense, uh, or the, excuse me, the defense has basically shut the Lions down since they took a 6 nothing lead early in the second uh, quarter. So we've got that in hand. I think we may have sacked Driscoll at one point uh, going into that, uh, you know, and the turnover on the interception uh, and everything else. So we've got the game easily in hand. And then the fourth quarter happens, and just when you thought it was okay to breathe 2019 rears its ugly head once again. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Lions after the fourth quarter, and that's uh, <laughs> just, you know, it, it's for second week in a row, second week in a row, my fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction starts just when you thought it was safe to hope again, reality sets in. We were shut out once again in the fourth quarter after a for this offense prolific third quarter and it we we were a hail mary away from sending it to overtime or possibly losing the game because the lions uh narrowed it down to 20 to 13 and they had the football with the closing seconds from like 30 yards out so not really even much of a hail mary attempt but uh the bears survive and win the game so we snap our four game losing streak our first win since the last week in september when we beat the vikings week number four and if it had all gone awry and the bears either lose this game or had to go to overtime to win and or lose it it would have been matt Nagy's fault i would have put it on Nagy because on a drive earlier in the third early in the fourth quarter on second and ten we run the ball. We pitch it to Montgomery. He gets nine yards on second and ten. So here we are, third and one. And what do we do? We pass. Of course. Because we always pass on third and one. Why Why wouldn't you run in an obvious running situation? Because Matt Nagy, the great logic man himself, thinks that because they, think they're, because they know we're going to run on third and one, that they'll be able to stuff it. So, of course, we have to pass. And we don't get it. We don't get the we don't get the first down. We give the ball back to Detroit, who in turn four plays later scores the touchdown to make it a one play game. It went from being out of reach for Detroit, with the way that the defense was holding them down and the way that the offense was producing, to all of a sudden being a one score game that literally came down to the last play of the football game for the Bears to secure a game. They had easily in hand going into the fourth quarter. So we dodged a bullet. We dodged a bullet. And once again, the Bears win a game, and yet we still don't feel good about it. You know, we we, we felt okay 
uh, about you know we didn't really feel we felt great about coming back against Denver. We we felt okay about beating Washington because of the late surge the Redskins had. We the only game that we've won that we felt good about all year is the Minnesota game because we dominated that one from start to finish. We looked like we looked like a championship football team in that game. Ever since then, four lousy losses, and then here again, our fourth win of the season finally, and we don't feel good about it because we were in danger of letting this thing get away and going to overtime or you know, possibly the Lions going for two and, and winning it on us at the last minute. So, yes, we won finally, and uh, we, we improved to four and five. We're not in last place anymore. So, hooray, I guess. And therein lies why I have the attitude and the tone that I have. It's just that we've got four wins this year. We've only got really one that we can say that we feel really good about. And that was one where our offense could only muster 16 points with our backup quarterback. And, you know, that was one where the defense just it – was, it was like the Rams game. Uh, again, where the defense completely showed out and, and completely overshadowed the fact that our offense had trouble moving the football and only managed 16 points uh, in the football game. It didn't matter because we were overly dominant on the defense side of the ball. We shut down what was the best running attack in football at the time, rendered him useless, and then uh, the offense couldn't get going. We're in Kirk Cousins' face the whole nine yards. We were shorthanded. Kwiatkowski's in there for Roquan. Nick Williams is in there for... Um, for Akeem Hicks, it didn't matter. We squashed them like the bugs that they were anyway, and it would, that was a beautiful win. But week two against Denver, you could argue we should have lost that game, as I, I made that argument last week. But, you know, we could argue we lost that game because of that bogus call we got on the um, roughing the passer on Bradley Chubb that extended the drive there or gave us 15 yards we didn't earn. Uh, week three against the the Redskins, yes, it was our biggest point win of the season. And, you know, we were dominant for the most part, especially on defense. But we did let them almost eke their way back into the game when we had it well in hand. And then, um, wait, that was week three. Uh, so week four was, was the Redskins, not the Redskins, the Vikings. And then this week again, we have a 14-point lead. We are cruising along. The offense has managed to score points and three consecutive drives. Actually, we managed to put points on the board. We got this thing well in hand. And, and then that third and one play, Nagy has to get cute. He has to get cute and do that. That I don't I don't understand, man, because like, I don't understand how he doesn't think it shows a lack of faith or confidence in your offense or your offensive line that you don't think you can run the football for one yard on third and one. It, it, it's just like, well, if they know the run is coming, then that then they're going to stuff it. Well, that shows the lack of faith and lack of, well, balls for starters. But, I mean, come on, man. Really? I mean, and it's just like, do, do you have to? Because this is what sunk Tressman was that he always had to be the smartest guy in the room. I mean, I remember vividly in a 23, 2013 game I believe uh, against the Lions we were in the we were I think we just scored and we were going for two and to go for two I think to tie the football game up and we put four four wide receivers five wide receivers empty backfield no actually it was four wide receivers single back formation we run the football we get stuffed 
Then we come out with like three tight ends, a footback, a fullback, a running back. We pass, you know, and it's like we failed on either on on both attempts, lose the football game uh, uh, to the Lions. I remember, you know, I think posting on Facebook or at least saying in the show that we got swept by the Lions in 2013 and they didn't beat us in either one of those games. We beat ourselves both times. You know, the Lions won, but they didn't win. We we lost more than they won. And th- that's kind of how this feels uh, sometimes. It, it doesn't really feel like we won more so than the Lions uh, lost. You know, it just it was so frustrating to, to, you know, sit there on third and one and we're passing. It's like, just, God damn it, just hand the ball, put three tight ends in there. If we can't get one yard on third and one running the football, then we don't deserve to have the football. I mean, Jesus Christ. But not even trying it and trying to throw the ball. It's just, uh, I had a huge, huge problem with it. And, of course, that decision snowballs into a four-play drive for the Lions that makes it a 20-13. to But now it's a football game again. Now it's a football game again. Instead of doing what you should have done, running the football, getting J.P. Holtz out back there, running downhill, getting that first down uh, with Montgomery, trusting your offense and putting it there putting it in your playmakers hands instead you basically conceded it by by trying to throw the ball and you know it always seems like he's trying to trick the defense instead of just trying to beat him straight up that's the thing that drives me nuts about Nagy all the time is that when you sit there and you're watching it you really just get the feeling that Nagy is trying to catch the defense with their pants down like he is trying to trick them like it is all a gimmicky offense that's where this argument comes from is that you always kind of get the feeling that Nagy is trying to catch the defense off guard rather than just attacking their weaknesses or doing what you do best in order to in order to strive for success on the offensive side uh, of the ball and that's what drives me crazy I can't stand to watch it and uh, you know that play was the was the pinnacle of it and if the Bears had lost the game, that would have been the turning point, in my opinion, right there. Nagy blew that decision. He had us passing on third and one. We didn't convert on passing on third and one. We should have just we just run the ball for nine yards on the play before that. It just like, God damn it. You know, and then, like I said before, the killer instinct not being what it is. The offense can't close. The defense didn't shut them down. We came down to the very last play. Uh, of the game and if Driscoll hadn't Orlovsky'd himself and run past the line of scrimmage before trying to throw the football you know who knows maybe he puts one in there just perfectly and we we're sending this thing to overtime or maybe Patricia goes for it to get out of town and goes for two to try to win the uh, game either way it should never have come to that going into the fourth quarter you can actually hear me I'm like hey man this might work out this looks good you know I'm liking this we're you know we look good the defense is shutting them down. We got turnovers the whole nine yards. And then after the fourth quarter, I'm like, dude, what the hell, man? Jesus Christ. We just barely sneak by one more time against the team that was dead going into the fourth quarter. The game was over, and yet this still managed to come down to the last play of the game. And that's where my frustrations and, and uh, anger come in uh, with this team. It's like we just can't – We this is why we can't have nice things, I guess, you know, would probably be the – the argument that I want to make here. We just can't enjoy an easy, casual Sunday where we come away with a nice dominant win over a division rival. No, we got to give them life when they don't deserve to have it. And the next thing you know, we're biting our nails on the last play of the game. So 
ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But the good news is four-game losing streak over. Club Dub was reopened. The players got to celebrate. The fans got a win. The, the monkey is off their back. And, and I'm hoping that it's a weight that's been lifted that will allow this team to know. It's like, you know what? We are still a good football team. Even at four and five, we're not completely out of it. I mean, I saw a graphic on the Monday night football game yesterday. The Bears were, quote, unquote, in the hunt. I mean, I think if they had to rank us, we're, we're number 10 uh, out, of, uh, out of six on the playoff uh, list. So we need to, to, to win some football games and get a lot of help. But that win was helpful. So, you know, we're four and five. We should probably be at least a game or two better than that. But uh, nonetheless, we got the win. And uh, we go into a very winnable game this Sunday against uh, the Rams, a team that was just beaten on the road by the Steelers. And and it basically it shows that the the book that the Bears wrote on the uh, on the Rams last year is still applicable because that's how the Steelers won that game. They got after Goff, they got in his face. He turned the ball over several foot several times, and the defense was able to score points, and and the Rams could do nothing on offense and the next thing you know a team that was at was at one time zero and three is now uh you know five and four or something like that four and five whatever it is the you know they're way better off than they were a week ago or a couple of months a couple of weeks ago uh the Steelers are and the Rams are are fighting for relevancy in their own uh division last night's Monday Monday night game between Seattle and San Francisco with Seattle coming out on top uh, San Francisco has a half game lead because they're eight and one. It was their first loss of the year, but Seattle's eight and two. I mean, you know, if I had to pick a winner in the NFC right now, I'm leaning towards the Seahawks at the moment. I mean, I gotta be honest with you, man. Those guys are playing some really, really great football. Uh, Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind. He's probably your MVP so far uh, this year, and the Rams are three games behind, uh, two and a half games behind the um, Seahawks right now at five and four. I mean, if the Bears beat them, we're at 500. Both of us are at 5-5, five and five, and we hold a tiebreaker over the Rams. So, I mean, this is a big game on Sunday. It's a big one. So, And then we've got a winnable game the week after against the, against the Giants, and then we got Thanksgiving uh, against the Lions to close out November. So, I mean, this could be a very profitable November if we can just keep the momentum going, the momentum of the win, not necessarily the momentum of how we played uh, on Sunday. But uh, nonetheless... That will do it to recap the uh, game uh, on Sunday. The Bears' 20-13 to victory over the Detroit Lions. Let's move on to uh, final thoughts and bear up and bear down. But first, <coughs> support for the Bears Talk Underground and the Armchair Media Network comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It's a bold new world out there, boys. It isn't just the ladies that are expected to keep a clean shop in the nether regions these days. But you don't want to use the same trimmer for your face that you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Always use the right tools for the job. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0, I love that name, has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. And because of it, Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why aren't you putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping 
with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the promo code armchair. So go to manscaped.com, the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Your balls will thank you. Or as our friend Dr. Eva would say, There really is nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. And now let's get back to the show. <laughs> Final thoughts as we wrap up the Week 10 review episode of the Bearstalk Underground. You know, I just, you know, we're four and five, like I just talked about uh, a moment ago. We finally got this monkey off our back and, and got our first win since September 30th. I believe that win over the Vikings, um, for the most part, the defense uh, played well, but they gave up that late touchdown after Matt Nagy's poor decision not to run the football on uh, third and one uh, that ended up possibly nearly almost costing us the game. And I, I would just like very much to be able to sit back and enjoy a Sunday. I would really like that to be able to, uh, I mean, like we were spoiled with so many times last year where we just come out and the defense is doing its thing and the offense, you know, wasn't a, you know, breaking the scoreboard last year, but it moved the chains. It kept the defense fresh and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. It was uh, much more entertaining to watch and a hell of a lot less stressful. That's for sure. And, um, you know, it just, uh, I would like to have a Sunday like that. I mean, God forbid we can have a Sunday like uh, week 10 of last year against the Lions, for instance, since we're on the subject where, you know, where we're, where the game is in at halftime and it's just about, uh, you know, keeping the damage uh, to a minimum in the second half and getting out of there healthy and moving on to the, to the next ball game, which I think was also against the Rams last. No, that was a little later in the season last year but uh no last year it was it was it was uh lions vikings lions in that 11 day stretch uh last year so yeah this year it's uh it's rams giants lions in uh, that very short period uh of time we have the rams on sunday the 17th <clears throat> Then we have the Giants on the 24th and the Lions again on the 28th. So those three games in 11 days, a very critical stretch that we're entering into uh, right now. And uh, like I said, a great time for uh, a victory to get that monkey off our back to to have that uh, that relief of uh, knowing not or not having to guess anymore that the whole not knowing if we're going to pull this thing off, if we're going to get a win, if, you know, if we're just going to keep losing and, and falling deeper into the abyss, or we actually going to get it, get it together and put a W back in the column. And, uh, now we don't have to worry about that anymore because it's done. It's done. We got the win. So that's the positive coming out of the weekend. Um, and hopefully we can build on it because that would be great to go on national TV and, and make a statement in, in beating the Rams again on national television, this time doing it in Los Angeles in front of their home crowd, even though I feel like the the crowd will be split heavily. I, I don't, uh, I mean, not that the support for the Rams isn't heavy in Los Angeles. It's way heavier for the Rams than it is for the Chargers. 
uh, that's for sure. But uh, for the Rams and, you know, the Bears, A, they travel. B, it's, you know, like 90-something thousand seats to fill. And uh, there's probably a lot of Chicago transplants in Los Angeles that are going to make their way to that football game. Expect to see, like, an Ashton Kutcher or something like that on camera at some point, I would wager. But um, anyway, you know, it was at times it was just the, the whole back and forth. Uh, of it all to struggle early on to seem like we finally cracked the code and we're 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 getting down to it to only uh, in the fourth quarter go back to struggling once again and barely hang on to beat this team this shorthanded team that was without its all pro quarterback that was having probably one of the best seasons of his career before he was uh, before he was held out of this game that's what happened and um, you know his injuries are legitimate even though they kind of shielded the bears uh from it uh at that point but you know that is what it is and uh i think the lions are having to face some kind of investigation uh over that but um you know uh, going into the fourth quarter we had the game in hand and we nearly blew it all on a couple of bad decisions so I just would really like to just watch a game and enjoy it and kind of coast. And I guess we get, we did that against the Vikings where we just kind of coasted to uh, coasted to victory. And, and it was uh, an easy game for the most part for the bears to, uh, to win. We were so damn dominant on defense. It, it felt like an easy victory, but uh, I would really like to, to have that combined with a God forbid 27 out point output from our offense on top of it for them to look competent and, and uh, you know, to be slinging the ball around or pounding it down their throats and, you know, just being dominant on the offensive side of the ball would be nice to see once uh, in 2019. So anyway, let's move on to bear up and bear down. On the bear up side, I got to give it to Mitch, you know, first time in a while I think that I put him in the bear up list, maybe the first time all year i'd have to go back and do some research on that one but uh you know he was fairly accurate for the most part or at least better than he had been had those three touchdown throws those or three touchdown passes the two throws one to gabriel and one to broniker were on the money throws to someone who wasn't Allen robinson so that was a nice change of uh change of pace he doesn't get rid of the football enough you know, when he's under pressure, I think maybe we could have avoided like one or two of those sacks at, at least on Sunday. If he, he does that thing where he fades in the pocket instead of stepping up. I really wish that he would. And this is from somebody who was such a danger to run. I mean, it was actually one of the things that, you know, you listed as part of his game. Like he does this as good, if not better than most players, uh, most quarterbacks in the league is when he's. He steps up in the pocket. He's a danger to run, and I feel like he's he's. Either, I don't know if if Nagy's kind of coached it out of him, or if he's gun shy because he's gotten hurt once each of the last two years when running the when trying to run away or and whatnot. So uh, I don't know, but uh, nonetheless, he instead of stepping up in the pocket when 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 the rush is closing in, he fades back and and turns what could have been a you know, like a three-yard loss or a four-yard loss into a nine, 10, 12-yard loss when he finally gets dragged down because he's going backwards. So and <laughs> this for someone who's earned a bear-up uh, notice for the week. So 
Anyway, uh, bear up to Ben Broniker. He only had one catch for the 18 yards. It was an outstanding catch. The first touchdown catch by a tight end in 2019. We only had to wait 10 weeks for it, guys. Uh, Adam Shaheen being the healthy scratch, thank God, so he couldn't do anything to screw this up for us. Um, it's a very telling thing that uh, Shaheen was a healthy scratch, and it probably spells the beginning of the end for him in Chicago. And hopefully we'll be seeing more of uh, Ben Broniker because even in limited duty last year, the guy can catch the ball. So we're not getting anything out of Burton so far this year. Uh, Bradley Soule gets keep, keeps getting cut before Sunday. So when's the last time we actually suited up uh, for the Bears? So, but, uh, you know, and uh, who am I, am I forgetting anyone? We've got five tight ends on the roster. Who am I forgetting? we got Shaheen, Broniker, Soule, Burton. Who's the fifth one? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But uh, anyway, I'm probably forgetting someone obvious. But uh, nonetheless, bear up to him. It was an outstanding catch. A hell of a throw from Mitch. And I would wager, uh, you know, I would argue an even better catch uh, from Broniker. Bear up to Nick Witkowski. Man, did this guy step up on Sunday. Nine tackles, an interception. He had a sack in there uh, as well. Just playing outstanding football when he's given the opportunity. He's probably going to start for us for the rest of the year. And he was a solid player for us uh, in his uh, in, in 2016 and 2017 and then had to take a step aside last year when uh, we drafted uh, Roquan. Was a solid special teamer for us. Stepped up big time for Roquan in the Vikings game on, on week four and stepped up big for Trevathan uh, on Sunday. It was probably our defensive MVP. Uh, in that football game and let's see let's give a bear up to Allen Robinson the guy's the only well number one he's the only guy that can get a decent ball thrown to him more times uh, than not Uh, didn't score a touchdown even though I hear that he was missed on a wide open play at one point Mitch just didn't see him which is odd because Mitch is always looking for him but um, you know the guy's quietly going to have like a thousand yard season or 1100 yard season uh, despite the fact that we have one of the more inept offenses in the league uh, this year. But, uh, you know, it's uh, he's he's getting it done, and he's making plays for us when we need him to and, and setting up those very rare opportunities where we have to score uh, on offense. So bear up to Allen Robinson. On the bear down side, I was having trouble trying to dig one up as far as somebody that was inconsistent enough that um, – I wanted to give him the award. The only person that I could think of, it's more of an honorary bear down to uh, to Matt Nagy. That third and one uh, call, I just can't get over it. I can't. It, it, very, it was very well, you know, very easily could have been the turning point and the, uh, you know, in the football game. Because, like I said, we give the Lions the football back when we should have been uh, extending the drive, moving the chains, draining the clock there in the fourth quarter. And instead, the next thing you know, four plays later, big play for a touchdown. They've got hope. They've got momentum. And it's a one-score game uh, all of a sudden, in a game that was easily in hand four plays earlier. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's an honorable mention because it didn't cost us the football game. We ended up hanging on and winning. But the fact that we had to hang on in order to win, that's the problem. I think if we go for it on third down, we extend the drive, maybe we get a field goal, really put the game out of reach, then the Lions can do whatever the hell they want. They can score another touchdown, but they're still down two scores. You know what I'm saying? 
So it's an honorary bear down. It's really the only one that I could think of as far as uh, my complaints or beefs with anybody in the way they played on Sunday. Um, and that's about it. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and uh, put a bow on this one, uh, the Week 10 review episode. And uh, we will be back on Friday with our good friend Brad Motter from Locked On Rams to preview Bears-Rams for Sunday Night Football Week number 11. I mean, this was a heavyweight matchup of heavyweight matchups uh, going into the season, and now it's a, it's a battle between the teams. Not, you know, it, we're either going to walk out of this thing with two five and five teams, or one team at six and four, and the other at four and six. There's no way either of us pre- would have predicted that we'd be mediocre middle of the road teams on the on the uh, that that get classified on the in the hunt category of the whole playoff perspective uh board you know the graphics that they show it's like you have the four division winners you have your two wild cards and then you have in the hunt and that's where the bears and the rams sit right now we're in the hunt we're not in the playoffs we're on the outside looking in but we're in the hunt so (laughs) we're not supposed to be in the hunt we're supposed to be leading the hunt we're supposed to be number one in the central or excuse me one in the in the north number one in the west not on the not both teams in third place right now looking up at the uh at the division leaders so both of which are in the playoffs uh right now the Seahawks and the 49ers are both in the Packers and the Vikings uh are both in uh right now so it's not a good place where we currently sit for both for either team and neither one of us wanted to be in this spot and but at least one of us has the Super Bowl loser jinx kind of thing hanging over them the bears on the other hand are just playing lousy football at at least you could look to superstition to explain what's going on with the rams this year you know the super bowl loser curse whatever you want to call it that uh you know for those inclined with superstitions that's how you could kind of blow this one off but instead the bears on the other hand we have no curse or jinx or whatever we just other than the fact that it's been since 2005 2006 that we've strung like back-to-back winning records together so or at least back-to-back division wins and playoff seasons and things like that so we have that sadness hanging over our heads so anyway come back on friday for what should be an interesting conversation between myself and brad getting ready for this game between the rams and the bears on sunday night football And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.